0: Welcome to Wisco Dyes! Hey yo folks, it's Conzie with the most. I am back for another episode of the Conzie's Diary. It is November 19th, 2020. 2020, I guess. That was kind of weird. I was on a Discord ch- chat uh, the, just the other day and the topic of airbrushes came up. And it was a beginner, t- kind of trying to sort out what to purchase. I think he had some, had done his research and had had really committed to a very specific pro- set of products. Don't know that I agreed for, with him with uh, necessarily the direction of beginner products, but it's certainly a way to go, and, and who am I to really tell someone how to enjoy their hobby? But I thought, uh, out of that, a lot of people are looking for airbrush advice, and while I'm going to profess that I am no expert, and I don't use my airbrush nearly as much as I probably should. I do have some insight after owning uh, an airbrush and a compressor and the tools uh, for the course of, uh, I don't know, probably six, seven, eight years of my uh, time with miniature hobbying. So with that, let's talk about airbrushes. As a beginner, it's getting into the miniatures hobby. Airbrushes are uh, something that are almost entirely and always avoided as an initial purchase, and I totally agree with that. When you're investing in an airbrush, a good setup for a beginner is probably going to run you, unless you're finding something uh, lucky on a used side of things. You're probably going to spend somewhere around mm, three to four hundred dollars. I'm not. Kidding when I say that, and there's some reasons behind that. So, let's talk about my kit and what the products are that I've purchased and kind of go from there. So, at the core of my kit, the Badger Patriot 105 is the actual airbrush, it's a dual action airbrush. What that means is that when you pull down on the trigger, that will allow more air the further back you pull on the trigger, the more air that will be able to uh, go through the brush and ultimately mean the more spray paint spray that'll come out of the airbrush. But a dual action airbrush is definitely what you want. And so something like the Badger uh, Patriot 105, which you can find, uh, MSRP is right around a hundred dollars us. You can probably find it online for, I think I bought my last one. I I own two of them. Uh, and I think I bought my last one for like 70 some dollars right, right around the $70 price point, uh, on sale. So, yeah, the airbrush itself wasn't horribly expensive. Of course, an airbrush is only as good as, it's actually not good at all unless you have a compressor with a hose and, and the right connectors to hook it all up. When I bought my original airbrush, I picked up the Badger Aspire Pro TC910 compressor. This is pretty much one of Badger and Badger is a big vendor ma- manufacturer in the airbrush world it's all, they're also I believe a company out of Wisconsin but I could be wrong there but the big thing is is that Badger um, is one of the big names the other big big name in, in hobby airbrushes for miniatures that you'll hear is the company a company called Iowata. I'll talk about them in a bit and, and what I think about their airbrushes the um, Aspire Pro TC 910, though it's it's on the upper end of the uh, of, of what I understand is ba- uh, Badger's compressor line. I didn't realize it at the time. I probably spent a bit more money than what I probably needed as a beginner. The one guidance I would give you uh, when buying your initial compressor is get a compressor that has a tank to it, and that's going to give you. Uh, just a little more consistency in your airflow coming out of the brush, a little less frustration, uh, at least with that side of things, because there's a lot of other challenges uh, with airbrushing that um, with paint consistency and thickness and additives and all of these other craziness that will easily frustrate you as a beginner. When I bought my initial kit, I bought basically that compressor, Patriot 105 from Badger and I also bought uh, the Badger Anthem 155 airbrush. The The big difference on uh, the one of the 155 versus the Patriot the Anthem versus the Patriot is effectively with the Anthem it's a bottom fed airbrush so the the uh, it has like a glass bottle you put you plug into a little hole in the bottom of it and you and you're really just able to put more paint in it and since I was buying one of the big reasons I was buying an airbrush was to do terrain and a lot of terrain in bulk that was a big thing for me I have honestly not used that brush almost at all I think the only time I've only used it a handful of times since I bought it for any of the terrain projects I was working on and I think the the biggest use I ever got out of it was when I painted my realm of battle board the the old games workshop realms of battle board the getting that base coated with the airbrush saved me a lot of time and a lot of fumes if that would have been like spray can it's not a brush i would recommend unless you're doing massive amounts of terrain and i'm I'm saying this from someone who has made over 400 or over 40 warhammer fantasy uh, tables of terrain so now i've got a brush i've got the compressor, I can actually start airbrushing. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's not necessarily the case. All in all, I'm probably into this now with a good compressor and a good airbrush. Okay, maybe you get around $150, probably closer to the $200 range. You're not done here because you have a couple of things you need to consider. First thing you need to consider is your work area for the airbrush. The airbrush is going to ultimately, I mean it's spraying paint using compressed air, forced air out a nozzle. It's going to put paint fumes up into the air. It's going to put paint all over. And I know we're dealing with non-toxic paints, we're dealing with what should be safe. But do you really want to be breathing in all that paint? The easy thing you could do is just pick your pick yourself up a mask. Um, they'll recommend an N95 which is at least at the time of this recording really hard to get your hands on due to COVID-19 and that whole deal with that but um, you do you should get yourself a mask to to wear for airbrushing there goes another 10 or 15 dollars um, especially if you're going with dip- disposables you'll be tossing them out on a yeah, quasi-regular basis. The other thing that you'll want is you really want to think about controlling that that overspray so that you don't end up accidentally painting your furniture, your carpet, your anything else that's, that's around the paint stereo. And I'm not telling you that that's like, whoa, your painting is that wild. But if you have a controlled space that's well ventilated, that will save you. And one of the things you can do to help give yourself that control is get yourself a spray hood. I actually went with a product uh, from master airbrush. It is uh, supposed to be a portable airbrush station. And I'm, I'm looking at it and I'll, uh, by the way, all the links for all of these products that I'm talking about will be in the post. That's the, that goes with this uh, episode on the Wisco Dice website, so make sure if you are interested in any of these products or looking at tr- uh, purchasing, to check them out through that. So the, this particular airbrush, I couldn't find the actual website, I, I, I saw it's an Amazon link. Sorry about that. Or this this workstation, but it's basically designed to be a portable station, so it does break down relatively small, and I found that super handy when I moved here recently. This about six months ago now, but. Uh, when it when it sets up, it's and plugs, and you, and you plug it in. It, it is. It does need electricity. It's got a fan in the back of it that that kind of sucks all of the you know air to the back of the uh, station, so it's all kind of enclosed where your airbrushing pulls the overspray into the into basically a filter that you can replace, um, and then and then lets whatever remaining air kind of go back into the room that has. Saved me big time as I uh, wanted to keep my house kind of nice. I've moved from working in a dingy basement to an upstairs. So yeah, if your work area isn't really that relevant or that that worrisome, no big deal. But if you're like me, where I'm working, uh, my my work area is a spare bedroom and the walls and the paint and everything like that. I have to do worry about that. Uh, having a nice um, spray hood. Not only does it help with the ventilation of fumes and, and, any, and debris and particulates, but it also gives me a nice controlled area where I can contain any potential mess uh, and I can have my, all of the stuff set up for my airbrush. That ran about $100 uh, US, so yeah, now I'm hitting about that 350 mark and I still have some things I need to, to worry about. So with airbrushing comes the dreaded cleaning of the airbrush. There's no good way about it. When you get your airbrush, whatever product you end up getting, sit down, take the thing apart, put it back together a couple of times. Make sure you do that over like a a small box or something like that so you can catch any of the pieces that fall out. Be super key, careful with the needle so that you don't bend it. You at least want to be able to use your airbrush once, but by taking it apart and getting familiar with how it goes up, comes apart and goes back together, it's going to help you clean your brush. On top of that, I'm going to recommend a couple of things. First thing, I've got a a little um, spray bottle, but a little uh, water bottle that I use um, that you can like a squeeze bottle that I, you know I can squeeze, it squirts. Uh, it it'll output water. I use that almost. You know, you're going to need something like that to help clean the airbrush while you're at your workstation as you're changing colors. I also have a spray bottle of Simple Green that I use. I don't know that Simple Green is the best airbrush cleaning product, but when I'm changing colors and I need a quick clean, using a little Simple Green is really helpful. Now, I'll note that you don't want to be breathing in Simple Green. So I have another product to help with that, a cleaning pot, or, which also serves as a nice place for me to set my airbrush when i'm not using it again you have to be really super careful with the needle itself the needle does come out of the end of the airbrush you don't want to be banging that around so having a nice place where you can set the airbrush when you're not using it is really nice to have on top of that it gives me a place to spray when i'm using the, when i'm done using the air or when i'm cleaning out like the simple green because it also has a filter on it uh, to keep it filtered You'll also want uh, just a few uh, like little wire brushes, whatnot that can go up the channel of the uh, airbrush. Actually, the the little pot holder, the cleaning pot, and you know, is a full cleaning kit. So it comes with a number of little wire brushes, which are excellent for cleaning your airbrush. I'd highly recommend you pick up that kit. I think it was about twenty five dollars US. So there's there's a few more bucks. The other cleaning product that I'm going to strongly recommend you get is Hops Number no. Nine gun bore cleaner and you're going to go wait a minute i'm not i'm not talking about you know my airbrush being a gun this product what it does is it it not only is it a cleaning solvent agent but it's also a lubricant and you do need to keep your airbrush lubricated so it's a great way to keep it uh, lubricated again you don't want to be breathing that so i have my big hood my my spray hood is running when I clean when I put a little bit of that through the brush and, and actually I use that that hops number nine I will spray it out into my cleaning pot that's also then b- deep inside my big spray hood so that everything the most of the particulates are getting double filtered while I'm wearing my mask so you know I'm not hopefully not breathing in anything that's harmful. The final thing that I'll just mention here that you're probably going to want to look at, and I use Airbrush Medium to mix the paints. So you want any paints you're going to be putting through the brush, and I you can use any pretty much any of the miniature paints that you've purchased, You know whether it's Reaper or any of the other paints, Games Workshop paints, Citadel paints, or whatever it is. But what you'll want to do is you'll want to mix those paints down with water, as well as an airbrush medium, I use a uh, from golden mediums they have a product comes in a really large bottle, it's a squeeze bottle it's really nice. Um, for airbrush medium, that's what I use. You could buy you know the Vallejo or whatever specific products. you definitely want to you definitely want to make sure your paint is the right consistency even if you're buying airbrush ready paints such as those from Vallejo or Minotaur. Uh, Minotare being Badger's paint line paints do lose moisture fluidity during the life cycle of the paint thick paint will gum up your airbrush and keep you from painting so having a medium having some other product really does help you with some uh, with the thinning and with the spray consistency so that you can spray relatively thinned paint uh, and still get great coverage again that probably cost me another i think the bottle i have bought I bought probably cost me 15 or 20 bucks so now I'm in a whole lot of money and you can see kind of where I where I got uh, that that roughly three to four hundred dollar price point to get really get into airbrushing and, and doing it at a decent level I've saved a bit of money and time over the years doing airbrushing particularly on when I have to do um, large quantities of models with flat surfaces, or I'm working on terrain projects. So it's definitely been a blessing and a, t- a tool that I really like to use. There's definitely effects that I can do with the airbrush that I couldn't do or are much more difficult to do with a brush. Hopefully I haven't completely discouraged you from getting an airbrush. I just uh, want to be able to throw out there all of these things that you want to consider and all of the tools that I have in my toolbox for airbrushing. Now, I'm going to note... I did mention I wanted to talk a little bit about Iwata. I know we're running a little long for a diary entry. Iwata is probably the other leading brand of commercial hobby airbrushes that are being used in this industry. I mean, their airbrushes are used for a lot of things, but particularly for well, the miniatures, Iwata is the other leading brand. They are probably the elite brand of airbrushes. What does that mean? Generally speaking, like their Eclipse HPCS... Which is a brush that I will probably be buying at some point in the next year or two. I've been eyeballing it for a couple of years now. It has much greater control of being able to do much finer and smaller points on, the, on models, which means you have much more control. You have much more ability, or you have a greater ability to do small areas, touch small areas on a model. It does require a lot of airbrush skill to be to get good at doing small models like think models that are in twenty eight millimeter and trying to do like say a knee pad in high detail uh, with the airbrush or trying to keep yourself from overspraying too much onto a different surface area on a model that you've already started painting with and maybe that other surface area is a different color without having to tape it off. Those brushes I would recommend. If you're looking at doing higher detail and you have some experience, I would start with a, if I was getting into airbrushing, as I'm thankful, I listened to the advice of people telling me back when I started, I would look at a brush like the Badger Patriot 105 uh, or similar type brush. There's a, there's a few vendors out there that do have similar airbrushes, similar needle size, similar you know functionality, dual action, all that good stuff uh, to the Patriot 105 as your as your entry gateway brush get used to it get accustomed to it draw some lines with it practice with it then commit then make that commitment to buying a more expensive iowata if you really think that's what you're going to be using your airbrush for the eclipse hpcs and is for example i've seen run anywhere from 230 dollars us to 170 dollars us depending on the extras that are added in and or sales that are running at the time so It's a much more expensive airbrush, and generally speaking, what I end up hearing a lot of beginners with that brush in particular is that they get frustrated because it clogs more because they're not thinning their paints, they're not doing the the kind of things, they're not cleaning the brush appropriately, and so you've now gotten a really expensive airbrush that you've abused, and it's not going to work for you the way you want. Okay, so... That's going to wrap it for us today on the Conzies Diary. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please jump on any of our social media or email or whatever you, case might be uh, to let us know what you think about uh, airbrushing. If there's any tips or tricks that you'd like to share, we'd love to hear them. You know, we're this is a hobby where we're all learning and trying to grow, so... You know, I'm happy to take your advice or if you're a beginner and found this useful, let us know. You know, we're happy to continue that and continue that conversation. Until next time, peace out.